If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! All right, good evening and welcome, fellow Next Man Up peeps, to episode 8 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this sunny Sunday evening, August 11th, 2019. Good to be back for another episode. Yankee baseball has certainly been fun to watch lately, there's no doubt about that. Got lots to talk about today. But first off, before we get things going here on Yapping Yankees, want to start off with a shout-out, as always. To Team Left Jab, United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab right now on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content. Always a big thanks to Sam and them over there for featuring Yapping Yankees on all of their platforms and everything like that. Thank you so much to Team Left Jab. They're great as always. Want to give them their shout out every week on the podcast because they deserve it. So, of course, there's so, so much to get through today. But let's start off, of course, you know, every week on Yapping Yankees, I talk about the poll that I put on social media. And I did another poll today. I put one up this morning on my Instagram story and on Twitter. I got quite some good feedback on it. It was a, it was a pretty good question, I thought, at the time. And I, I still think it's a good question. But it was just basically, you know, to sort of get a feel what's in the minds of Yankee fans as far as the 2019 season and how they feel about certain things. And I put it up on Twitter and Instagram, and things seem to be pretty split the last time I checked. I think the last time I checked was about an hour ago. And... You know, this is this has just become a really cool feature on Yapping Yankees. I love doing this poll thing and then just getting to it right in the beginning, just seeing what's on your minds pretty much. So, on this poll this week, this week's Yapping Yankees poll, and as you know, on each poll for Yapping Yankees, if you answer, if you respond to it, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter, if you respond to it giving your reason as to why you're answering the way you're answering, you get a shout-out on the podcast. I basically read out your answer, and I give everybody your handle on Instagram or Twitter. You get a shout-out. So, my question for today was, if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year, is their 2019 campaign an automatic failure and a waste to you? Now, a lot of you guys may seem, you know, you may be asking yourself, well, what kind of question is that? Of course, you play to win the whole thing, so of course it'd be a waste, but not so fast because this is pretty split from what I see right here. This poll is almost 60 votes, and and the results were quite surprising. I expected the result, but I expected it to be a little bit more lopsided. I, I didn't expect it to be as even as it was. So because there were a lot of people that happened to feel, hey, you know what? If you don't win, then it's a failed season, whatever. But for 2019... Honestly, you have to admit, for the Yankees, it's different. And, you know, if you don't care about this either, then fine, whatever. Then you just vote yes, and you agree with those people that did vote yes if you didn't yourself. But the Yankees have had to endure an unbelievable amount of hardships and doubt in 2019. They've had more injuries than you could even possibly ever dream up. And just what they have had to go through, and the fact that they are as high up in first place as they are, is unreal. 
and unprecedented. I mean, they started off rough in the first couple of weeks in April, and you said, boy, this is going to be ugly. Then when the injuries came up, and you basically had just the AAA team up here, with the exception of maybe DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres, you're like, oh, the season's over. You know, we'll be lucky if these guys keep us at 500. <laughs> Look at how the season is gone. So a lot of people are saying, you know, you might be thinking, because of how much the Yankees had to go through this year, even if they don't win, it's not a failure because what they've accomplished so far is downright incredible itself, which is a valid point. But then, of course, you have the people saying, oh, it doesn't matter. If they if they don't win at all, then it's still a failed season. I've had, a, I've had enough of waiting. They haven't won in 10 years, you know. Same old thing. <laughs> so, first off, I'll start with the first response I got, ironically. Team Left Jab responded. <laughs> so you get two shout-outs today, Team Left Jab. How about that? So they, at Team Left Jab, said, can't say it's a failure with other dominant teams like Houston and Los Angeles out there. But they do have to make it to the ALCS and push Houston to the limit if they don't make it. Hmm. That does definitely seem to be the main concern in the minds of Yankee fans this year, including myself, (laughs) the Houston Astros, and how tough they will be to even push the limit, let alone pass. So another response I got, his handle is at 42HOF652SV. That's that's quite an at. (laughs) So, his name is K Jr. He said, Cannot say that it would be a total failure. We've seen some new guys come in and, and provide sparks. Geo, Talkman, and Domingo developing, so not a total failure. Got to make some very good points there, and that goes back to what I said before. You know, you've had these guys that you never even imagined doing what they've done this year and have just lifted this team to incredible heights, and you say, hey, you know, even if they do lose, it's not it's not a failure because they've they've been through a lot and they and they've still fought through successfully and they they are where they are right now. Now, this is a totally different opinion. This is definitely someone that probably voted yes, and I'll give you the the ultimate results after this last response. I'll give you the results of the poll. So at Debo three one six, at Debo three sixteen said, "It's one hundred percent a failure." We don't know if these guys will play up to the way they've played this year. They're hot right now. The only thing we can be proud of have the only thing we can be proud of is having as many injuries as we had and continued to win. Hopefully next year they play at this caliber and we add pitching. I certainly agree with that pitching part. But I, I you know they've been hot for a lot of the year. I mean, yeah, they went through their couple of periods where they slumped a bit after the first couple of weeks of April, but that's that's pretty natural. I mean, it's a long season, it's going to happen, but I feel they've been hot at other times other than just now. They've they've been hot at a lot of points throughout the year. But I definitely agree that they need to add pitching, no doubt about that. You won't get any argument from me there. So with that said, I will give you the results of the Twitter poll now. The Twitter poll, the poll results, 61% of the people voted yes, it will be an automatic failure and a waste to them. And 39% voted no. And I saw that it was actually like at one point, it was like 59 to 41. Like it was it was honestly really close, but it started to separate a little bit more towards yes. So that's the Twitter result. So I'm going to head over to Instagram now and see because I haven't checked this poll on Instagram in hours. So we'll see how this one shook up. Wow. This 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 is unbelievable. This was 50-50 it seems. Wow, 10 Look at this. This poll <laughs> This poll was 50-50. It had 20 votes on it. The the Twitter polls usually always get more because I just started this Instagram voting thing. But 
50% said it would be a total waste and a failure and and 50% said not. That's pretty crazy. So the Instagram folks and the Twitter folks that decided to vote, you know, they got their voices out there. That's pretty incredible, the Instagram one being right down the middle like that. Pun intended. <laughs> but also, I did get one reply on Instagram, at Dino Siccarelli Music, and he's actually a good friend of mine from college. He said, no, it brought out a lot of potential talent from younger guys down at AAA. So he's saying, no, it wouldn't be an automatic failure and a waste. Everyone said the injuries early this season plagued the Yanks, but they've been thriving, which is true. If they lose in the playoffs, yeah, it'll be sad, but they took chances on younger guys to step up, and they did, and more. Very good point, Dino. So there's your shout-out and your Twitter poll results. Pretty interesting results, no doubt about that. Now, the reason I'm sort of taking this Next Man Up approach, and, uh, and of course, you know, the episode's called Next Man Up Season Returns, <laughs> because it just has been a lot of injuries in the last couple of weeks. The Yankees' everyday first baseman basically is Mike Ford. You know, of course, you could slate DJ LeMahieu there whenever you need him to if you want to DH Ford or give Ford a day off, maybe. But the regular first baseman is Mike Ford because Greg Bird is out. He's been out forever. Luke Voigt is out. And so is Edwin Encarnacion with a fractured wrist. So th- this is the kind of season we're back at now. Mike Talkman destroying baseballs and making beautiful plays out in left field. This is the way it's going. Next man up season has returned. <laughs> and it is just downright incredible. And you did hear a lot of the responses there really highlighting all of, of that they've accomplished despite all these injuries and how many people have been on the injured list this year. And I actually retweeted a tweet from Coley Harvey. I follow him on Twitter. He's pretty good. He is he listed on August 11th. This is a really good tweet. I'm giving him, I'm giving him a shout out because I, not only is he a good follow, but he tweeted this and I retweeted it because it was great. So at Coley Harvey, go follow him. He's good. On August 11th, he tweeted, the list of Yankees who have been on the IL this season are, ready for this? This should be done by tomorrow morning. Ellsbury, Heller, Montgomery, Hicks, Gregorius, Severino, Batances, Sabathia, Frazier, Judge, Tulowitzki, Morales, Andujar, Sanchez, Stanton, Barrett, Hale, Bird, Voigt, Paxton, Herman, Loisaga, Gardner, Encarnacion, Mabin, Holder, and now Tarpley. Now that isn't that's not who's on the IL right now. That's overall everybody that has hit the IL this year. That is ridiculous. And despite all of that, despite all of those IL stints, the Yankees are 77 and 41. And right now, I'm assuming the Rays are going to beat the Mariners again, so they'll be back to eight and a half games back. They have an eight and a half game lead in the American League East. Despite all of that happening. I found that tweet to be a pretty incredible reminder to those who just don't believe in this Yankees team. It's it's an extraordinary accomplishment what they have done despite everything they've been through. So I definitely just thought I should mention that tweet because that was an unbelievable reminder to the masses out there. It really, that's something else. <laughs> I, I, I would have to, I, I felt like those names would never end earlier today when I saw that tweet and I was reading down the list. I was like, this is never going to end. I'm pretty sure the only Yankee starters that have not gone in the IL and each of them, yes, has missed time 
from a little injury ailment. Yeah, I know DJ LeMay who had groin problems and and Glaber Torres has been been out a bit lately and today was his first day back actually in a few games. But neither of those two hit the IL at any point. They just missed a little time. So hell, even if you want to say, hey, they even missed some time, then hey, all starters have missed time then. <laughs> so that makes it even crazier. But this is strictly just people who have who had officially hit the IL at one point or another throughout the 2019 season. So apparently on Twitter, you know, you guys did vote in favor of yes, it would be an absolute failure and a waste also. If they don't win the World Series, and it was split right down the middle on Instagram, which is very funny. Again, that's very funny. But honestly, that tweet, I couldn't believe it. I had to retweet it. I was like, this is just, this is eye-opening right here. For anybody. <laughs> so, you know, to add on to the the incredible fashion of what's been going on with the next man up season returning in Yankee land... They were on a monster winning streak before this weekend against Toronto, and they even managed to leave with a split. But Yankee baseball had been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun lately. And today's win was an incredible win, which we will, of course, recap once we get to the weekly weekly recap in one second, pretty much. But starting from last week, uh, of course, last Sunday, for Episode 7, I was hoping to get a little bit of my live reaction for the Yankees and Red Sox game, Game 4, last Sunday night. But it didn't start until the 8 o'clock hour, which I, I was done recording by by maybe around 8, 10, 8, 15. And it didn't start until a little while after that. I really wanted to get my live reaction on the podcast just to, just to show some of you how like vocally crazy I get during the game sometimes. Especially during a Yankees-Red Sox game. I was like, what better opportunity is there to show these people how crazy I am during a Yankees-Red Sox game than to catch a game while I'm recording the podcast? <laughs> but... It didn't work out that way, and the funny thing is, they were on the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game, and if you've been watching ESPN for a while, you would know that in years past, the game was always at 8 o'clock, and they moved it back, thank God, this season, finally, to the 7 o'clock hour, Eastern Time, and <laughs> and now, as of, as of last Sunday, it didn't even matter, because the game started in the 8 o'clock hour anyway, thanks to the rain. <laughs> so silly. Uh, it's been raining too much here in New York, guys. It's craziness. But regardless, they did get the game underway. And unfortunately, of course, I didn't catch it on the podcast. But the Yankees did manage to win nonetheless, tagging David Price for seven earned runs in two and, a, two, and two third innings, which they were whew, the chance in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> the, the, everybody was chanting either, who's your daddy or, or Boston sucks. They, they were just... Yankee feds were relentless. It was pretty funny. It, it, it was it was wild in the stadium last Sunday when they tagged David Price like that. But it was pretty crazy. They, they really got all over them. So we'll start from then, from last Sunday, I guess. The Yankees did win 7-4, and they swept the Red Sox, continuing their tailspin, which is still going on, by the way. They lost again today to the Angels in the 10th inning at home. So that's a tough loss. But Aaron Judge started things off in the bottom of the first with a solo home run last Sunday to make it one nothing. Then it was 3 nothing after Gio Urshela. Two-run homer, and Gio Urshela, of course, just went off, both in, especially in the Orioles series, without a doubt. And then he even had his moments in the Toronto series this weekend. Then Cameron Mabin hit an RBI double to make it 4 nothing. Then it was 5 nothing after a Mike Ford RBI single. Then it was 7 nothing after a two-run single by Talkman. 
And then the Red Sox just inched back into the game, scored four runs. And they would score two more on an Andrew Benintendi RBI single to get them to the four runs in the top of the sixth, and they wouldn't score after that. Yankees would win and sweep the Red Sox. That was a really, really, really good weekend in New York here, and it was definitely a good response to what happened in Boston the weekend prior because there were a lot of people worried after that happened, and I guess rightfully so, but it was just a really good response on behalf of the Yankees. So then, as I said on Sunday, when I said, let's look ahead on the schedule, the Yankees have a pretty easy week ahead of them on the road. And they did. They had the Orioles for three days, and they headed to Toronto for a four-game series, which just ended today, of course. But let's start from Monday. So on Monday, the Yankees won a pretty hectic game against the Orioles, 9-6. to It was pretty crazy. It really was. So things would start off. Austin Romine in the top of the second hit a solo shot to make it one nothing. Then Trey Mancini tied the game at one an RBI single. Bravik Valera, who was since sent down to AAA, but he was, despite being sent back down when he was up here, he had some good moments. Two run triple, made it three one Yankees. Then a fielder's choice with a run scoring by Lemayhew made it four to one. Then it was five to one after a Gardner solo home run. Talkman made it six to one with a solo shot and. Talkman has just been, you know, a godsend blessing to this Yankees next man up team since he got called back up. What he has done is incredible. And I know Yankee fans just love on Yankees Twitter to call out people, oh, you said this person was going to do bad, blah, blah, blah. There were a lot of people on Yankees Twitter that said he was going to do, that he was, you know, just should be sent down and never looked at again. Or just people saying, ah, he's no good, you know. Because before this call up, he was, he was really rough, but he has raised his average incredibly, spike in power great defense, and listen, I'm one to admit, I was one of the people that really had enough of seeing him when he was doing as bad as he was doing before. I'm not going to pretend like, you know, I'm right about everything, because if I was right about everything, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be this wrong about Talkman so far, since he got called back up, and I wouldn't, you know, then I wouldn't have defended bringing Jay Happ back either in the offseason. So, you know, we all hit and miss on our takes and opinions, it's fine, it's part of life, but... Regardless, Talkman has been incredible. Solo shot made it 6-1. Then Jace Peterson made it 6-3 after he had a two-run homer. Chris Davis hit a sack fly to make it 6-4. And then Jonathan VR hit a game-tying two-run homer to tie the game at 6. Now, this wasn't good because 6-1, you're up 6-1 in the Orioles. you got to hold a lead. I mean, the Orioles are an awful team. It happens. It's part of the game, but you just don't like to see that happen because you're dealing with the Baltimore Orioles here. Who, by the way, I heard just walked off against the Astros today, which is very funny. But then Mike Ford put them up ahead yet again, the Yankees, that is, with a solo shot to make it 7-6. to six. Then Mike Talkman again, two-run homer, made it 9-6, and that is the score the Yankees would win by. Really, really crazy game. This is a rough start for Tanaka, and a lot of people weren't high on him yet again after this one, but the, boy, did he rebound today against the Blue Jays, which again, we'll get to. So the Yankees would take the first game on Monday, and then game two would roll in. Very similar final score the Yankees would win by, but different nonetheless. But guess what? In the top of the third, Mike Talkman would start scoring over the solo shot to make it one nothing. That was his 10th homer of the year. Just, just tearing it up. <laughs> and he made such a fantastic home run robbery catch in the Baltimore series, too. He's just, he's just been out of his mind. Then DJ hit a solo home run himself to make it 2 nothing. 
Then Didi made it three nothing on his solo on his own solo home run. This is just solo home runs galore at this point. I remember this. <laughs> then Jonathan VR hit an RBI triple to make it three one Yankees. Trey Mancini grounded out driving VR in to make it three two. And then just like that, as the Orioles were inching closer, the Yankees said, "Uh uh uh, you're staying right there, and we're adding more." <laughs> two run double for Romine made it five two. He had he had a very good series at the plate then. And he's, he, has, he just hasn't been bad in, in the time that Gary Sanchez was out. And, of course, Sanchez has since returned. But Romine hasn't been bad. Not at all. Whenever he's called upon, he, he gets the job done. Anthony Santander would bring them back within a run. 5-4 Yankees with a two-run homer. And then Austin Romine, again, would answer right back with that. 6-4 Yankees on his solo shot. And then Mike Talkman. Mike, you're going to hear me mention his name a lot. Continue to, because he is just something else. RBI double made it 7-4 Yankees that day. And then it was 8-4 after a Brett Gardner solo shot. 9-4 after a Cameron Mabin solo shot. And that is the score that the Yankees would win by. And then they would go into Wednesday looking for a sweep. And boy, did they ever get that sweep. They would win the third game 14-2. They just clubbed them. <laughs> big, big win for them. So then in the top of the fourth, but you wouldn't believe this. <laughs> scoring didn't even get started until right now, the top of the fourth in this high-scoring game for the Yankees. Maben led things off with an RBI single. Then Kyle Higashioka, who had himself a hell of a game this night, he ended up having two home runs himself. This was the first. A three-run homer to put the Yankees up 4 nothing, And then Trey Mancini hit a home run to make the score 4-1 Yankees. And then in the top of the fifth, Gio Urshela would hit a two-run homer to make it 6-1 Yankees, and they would just keep piling on. DJ LeMahieu with an RBI single made it 7-1, 8-1 on an Aaron Judge RBI single, then 10-1 on another Gio Urshela home run, a two-run shot, and then Gardner RBI ground out would be 11-1 Yankees, 12-1 on a Cameron Mabin solo shot. It just never ends. Kyle Higashioka with his second home run too. Another two-run shot makes it 14-1. to And then in the bottom of the ninth, just an RBI double by Stevie Wilkerson to make it 14-2 Yankees, and that would be the final. Just an absolute murder of a game. I mean, I remember, this This was just, it was It was wild. Paxton finally had himself a good start, six and two-thirds, only one run allowed and seven strikeouts. So that's, you know, all good in Baltimore. The Yankees did their job. So then now they move on to Toronto. And going into this series, I was telling myself, and I even tweeted it at one point, I said, listen, I would really be surprised if the Blue Jays are a pushover this weekend because they are really, they're not a pushover. They got some really young, talented hitters right now. They have Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's son, of course, and Bichette had himself a nice series, had himself a really big bomb, and I believe it was in the first game, and it was, you know... They also have Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son. Also, of course, Vlad Guerrero Jr. And also another one that I'm scared of, Teoscar Hernandez, who's just had a huge spike in power since the All-Star break. But I started off this series with somewhat confidence because, you know, I really don't think that the Blue Jays' record right now is really that honest. Because right now, the Blue Jays are 49-72, and 72, and with how they've improved in hitting since they since they called up Bo Bichette, since they have Kevin Biggio and Guerrero Jr. now. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's really a truthful record. The, the only thing about the Blue Jays is that they're very weak in pitching right now, but their hitting is no pushover. 
But again, I, I started off with confidence because Herman was on the mound. And he didn't have the he didn't have the best of starts. I mean, it really just fell apart in the fifth inning. It was a little rough, but you know, five innings, three runs, it's it's whatever. You know, the Yankees still won the game. That's what's important. Chad Green and Luis Sessa, they took care of business after that. They only each allowed a run, but you know, the Yankee offense was red hot, so that's all that mattered. So then right away, this this just continued Gio Rochella's red hot hitting. He would start it off in the top of the first with a two-run homer. He put the Yankees up 2-0 right away. Another home run for him. Then another run scored. Bravik Valera scored on a wild pitch by Thomas Pannon. So then it was 3-0 Yankees. Then Gio Rochella with another home run. Back-to-back two homer nights. That made it 5-0. Another two-run shot. Two-run shots Rochella. <laughs> then Cameron Mabin, RBI single, made it 6-0. Then Mike Talkman again. What did I tell you? I'm not gonna I'm not done mentioning his name yet. <laughs> Mike Talkman with a two run homer made it eight nothing. At this point the Yankees were just piling on, but then the Blue Jays started to show some signs of life. Derek Fisher hit a solo shot to make it eight one. Then it was eight three on Bichette's two run shot. That this was the bomb I was talking about. A really solid hit to left field, very far hit. Then Lords Goriel Jr. RBI single to make it eight four. And then the Yankees were basically saying, ah, that's close enough. Two-run single by DJ LeMahieu made it 10-4 Yankees. Then it was 10-5 after Bo Bichette hit an RBI double. And then after that, Reese McGuire, a solo shot to make it 10-6. And then Mike Talkman. <laughs> how many times are you going to mention his name, Mike? As long as Mike makes me mention his name. That's how many times. So then Talkman would put on two more runs with a two-run single, and the Yankees would win by that score, 12-6. So... Again, the Yankees offense just really piling on, and that's that that was just the name of what's been going on the last few days with him. Mike Talkman, a big source of the Yankee offense, Gio Urshela, even guys like Austin Romine. It's just next man up. <laughs> what else can you say? It just gets it just gets me so hyped because it's just it's so exciting. Like that's that's why for me I, I definitely I understand the people saying this season would be a disappointment if, if the Yankees don't win. Of course, you play to win everything. You play to win it all. But what the Yankees have done is just extraordinary, dude. I, I just can't get past it. So again, it's just it's just so it's just great. So the Yankees took the first game in Toronto, and then the next game wouldn't be so kind to them because it would be a much rougher time. They would lose eight to two, and this is how it would be done. Well, it was first of all because Jay Happ was on the hill, who actually, he had a half-decent start against Boston until he fell apart in the sixth inning. But, you know, you just hope that Happ could go out there and give some solid innings and and just keep the runs at a minimum. He did not. He did not. This was really the game in the series where the Yankees just got kind of killed because of Happ's just straight-up incompetence, I think it's fair to say. But things got started got started off right away in the bottom of the first. Randall Grichuk hit a two-run homer to make it 2-0. Then it was 3-0 after Teoscar Hernandez hit a solo shot in the bottom of the second. Then <laughs> Mike Talkman, <laughs> top of the fourth, solo shot, made it 3-1. And I'm saying, oh, it's a two-run game. It's nowhere near over. But then, after both a ball that probably should have been fielded by... Uh, no, actually, you know, after it was a throw to third that Gio Urshela probably should have gotten the tag down on, but he just missed the tag. And then DJ LeMahieu missed a ball in foul territory. Then Jay Happ, 
who says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick my team up and get another out before allowing a colossal hit. I'm going to give up a three run homer to Danny Jansen, who has an, who has a batting average barely over 200. So that's what he did. <laughs> gave up a three run homer to Danny Jansen to make it 6-1 Toronto at this point with how the Yankee offense was and and with a combination of just how Jay Happ looked, it just it wasn't feeling like a game they were going to win. Mike Ford to come back in the top of the seventh, though. He would hit a solo shot to make it 6-2, but then Teoscar Hernandez would go deep again with a two-run homer to make it 8-2 Blue Jays, and that is how they would win. So that is how the second game unfolded. Wasn't a pretty one, but hey, the Yankees had won nine games in a row. <laughs> so it really, it really was not that tough a loss at all with the big game with the big game leading the division and and with just how 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 much they've been winning it was bound to happen eventually the third game was much more annoying <laughs> because the third game was much more back and forth action and in the way that the Yankees lost it was extra frustrating but Gary Sanchez would make his return from the IL finally another Yankee coming back from the injured list and in the top of the fourth, he would hit a solo shot, a bomb to left center, to make it one nothing. But then, the Blue Jays would have an immediate answer in the name of Teoscar Hernandez in the bottom of the fourth. He had a three-run shot to make it 3-1 Toronto, but then, Gio Urshela, again, two-run shot to tie the game at three. You're saying, oh my god, this is, this is a good game, back and forth. DJ LeMahieu, sacrifice fly, puts the Yankees ahead 4-3, to three, and then... This is the hit that did it all in. So Adam Adovino was facing Vlad Guerrero Jr. And he really did beat him on a fastball. Inside-out swing. It was in foul territory at first. Changed direction before it reached first base. It was a fair ball down the line. Two runs scored. And Vlad Guerrero slid into third with a two-run triple. A go-ahead two-run triple to make it 5-4 Blue Jays. And that's the score that they would win by. You know, if not for the unluckiness of a ball right down the line, changing direction and becoming a fair ball at the last second, the Yankees probably would have had the game. But, again, it happens. Because, again, as of today, and John Boy even mentioned this too on Twitter, today Gio Rochella hit into a double play, hitting a hard ground ball to first nearly down the line. Listen, yesterday, it's a go-ahead two-run triple. Today, it's a double play. <laughs> it happens. That's, And as everybody says... That's baseball, Susan. <laughs> so, it was a tough loss yesterday. It was tough. And then today, it was a victory again to earn the split, but it was much quieter. Because as I said in his last start against the Orioles, Tanaka was really just not looking good and just blew a five-run lead against an awful team. But today, boy, did he come out to play. Eight-plus shutout. For Masahiro Tanaka in today's game, four strikeouts. His ERA has been bought down to 464. And again, you have to remember a huge chunk of that earned run average, quite frankly, was in that Boston start where he allowed 12 runs. Anytime you allow 12 runs, my friends, let me tell you, that is going to put a dent in your earned run average. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. But eight plus shutout innings. He came out in the ninth and allowed a leadoff base hit and was taken out of the game. I, I, I agreed with the decision, but. Also, with Chapman not having pitched in six days, that made me a little nervous because we all know when Chapman goes a little while without pitching, <laughs> that's all. But 
since he pitched A-plus shutout innings, and the Yankee offense was quiet too against Trent Thornton, who, I'm sorry, has just not been a good pitcher this year at all. <laughs> you know, the, the Yankees were able to pull out this win, and although, although Thornton still pitched a very good game, he allowed just one run too many. Because in the top of the fifth inning, and they didn't even earn a fifth a, a hit until the fifth inning, the Yankees. Brett Gardner would hit an RBI grounds rule double to make it one nothing Yankees, and that's that's the score they would win by. Chapman came in, had an incredible thirteen pitch battle with Vlad Guerrero Jr., which ended up being a double play, a huge double play for Chapman and the Yankees. And then he made the Yankees sweat a bit because he he put. Bo Bichette on base, and then Kevin Biggio came up, and he got Kevin Biggio swinging on a 3-2 slider. Got him chasing. So it was a really, really intense game. It was. It was very close the whole time. And honestly, the official score is really botched in the first inning. Really, Tanaka, until the end of the game, should have had a no-hitter going, because that hit to Gio Urshela in the first inning by Bo Bichette to start the game was not a hit. I mean, Bo's fast, but he beat out that ball because Urshela had a bobble. I mean, if you bobble the ball in a routine ground ball and the guy is safe, and it's not like if it's not like a rocket ground ball that almost makes it to the outfield, but it's just a very nice stop, that, you know, then you, you balance making it a base hit or not because a nice play had to be made to make a stop at all. But this was a simple, a pretty simple ground ball to Gio Rochella, and still with the bobble, Bobachette was just, he pretty much just beat it out. So if he had not bobbled, he probably would have been out. So I, I don't I don't understand why that was scored an er- a, a base hit rather it should have been an error. Gio Urshela bobbled, and Bobichet was safe because of it. <laughs> That's an error. <laughs> uh, whatever. I mean I don't always agree with the official scores say, but hey, what they say is what they say, and that is what is recorded on the scorecards, right? So you just have to deal with it. But nonetheless, Tanak had a great start. Trent Thornton even had a great start, despite how much I think he stinks this year, which he does stink. He went out there and got it done against the Yankees. He has a very deceptive delivery on that big leg kick and, and the odd delivery, and he got the Yankees fooled today in all innings except for the fifth. But really, just a salute to Tanaka because that's the Tanaka that the Yankees that the Yankees need. And you know that that's the Tanaka that you're probably going to get in the postseason because we all know what he's capable of in the playoffs. That's just Masahiro Tanaka at his finest right there. And it was so funny because also I saw him in... in they showed him in the dugout on camera... In the ninth inning, when Chapman was in the game, he had his head down and looked so upset. I'm like, Tanaka, you look like you just went two inning, two and a third innings and got slammed for eight runs. You just, you just pitched eight-plus innings shutout. And he looked like someone stole his entire life savings. It's just, he is so... I don't know if it was just him being nervous about what was going on against Chapman in the ninth, but, I mean, he... Or if it was just, you know, how he is normally, and, and how he is normally is just he's so hard on himself... He's a perfectionist, and a lot of people will argue, and rightfully so argue, that's why he does very well at times, or most of the time, because that's that's the way he is. He, he expects a lot out of himself. He's hard on himself, so he goes out there and tries his best each and every pitch. So I don't know what it was, but if if that's just him being hard on himself, I mean, you, you got to be happy with that outing. I'm sure he would have liked to finish the game. You know, you're looking in the dugout like someone stole your lunch money after you just went eight-plus innings shutout. Especially, that's a nice rebound after what you did in Baltimore. I, it's, it was just funny. I was like, oh my God, he looks miserable. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, 
Pretty good road trip for the Yankees. They played seven games, and they went 5-2. and two. So, especially given how much better the Yankees have been at home than on the road this year, of course, it was against two easier teams. But still, a successful road trip is a successful road trip. And the Yankees did well. So now, it's time to look at what we usually look at after the weekly recap all the time, and look at what is ahead for the Yankees going forward for this next week. Before I talk to you next on episode 9 of Yapping Yankees next Sunday, the 18th. So, what is what is ahead for the New York Yankees? Well, tomorrow, a lot's ahead right away because they come home, they come back to the Bronx to face the crappy Baltimore Orioles yet again. So the Yankees have a pretty simple four games ahead of them, but as you know, it is no easy task to do this, and, that, and this is sweeping a doubleheader. You may ask, why are you talking about a doubleheader? Well, because they have a doubleheader tomorrow, guys. <laughs> they come back home. They play two games against the Orioles. The first one is tomorrow at 1.05 Eastern at Yankee Stadium. Paxton will be starting that game. And at 7.05 Eastern will be game two. There are no starters announced for that one yet. So a doubleheader tomorrow against Baltimore. And then on Tuesday the 13th, they'll face Baltimore again. It'll be Means against Herman. At 7.05 Eastern. And then on Wednesday, on, on, on Wednesday at 1.05 Eastern, it'll be Dylan Bundy against Jay Happ. One last game against the Orioles in this four-game set at Yankee Stadium. And then on Thursday, the Yankees have a tough, tough task ahead of them because the red-hot Cleveland Indians, who have just been incredible after having come back in the AL Central Division as they have since they were 11 games back of the Minnesota Twins. So... There's no joke of a series coming up. Thursday, 7.05 Eastern will be the first game against the Indians, the four-game set. And then on Friday, they'll play the second game against each other at Yankee Stadium at 7.05 Eastern. And then on Saturday, it'll be a 1.05 Eastern game time start against the Indians. And on Sunday, it will also be a 1.05 p.m. start. So that is what's ahead for the New York Yankees this next week before I talk to you again on Sunday, August 18th with episode 9 of Yapping Yankees. And, well, with that said, that will do it for episode 8 of Yapping Yankees. Thank you so much for listening. And one last shout-out to Team Left Jab for the evening, of course. So Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Of course, they feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content. Also, be sure to follow me on all social medias as well, guys. You could find my Facebook fan page on Facebook at Mike Scudero NY. On Twitter, of course, which I, as many of you know, am disgustingly active on, you can find me at Mike Scudero. And on Instagram as well, MikeScuds97. You could find me on Instagram on that handle. And also, You might be compelled to do that as well because also, of course, my polls are posted there weekly on my Instagram story as well as Twitter. So you could vote there as well if you want to vote on my polls that I do every week for Yapping Yankees. Also, one last thing. I have heard those of you who have told me that you've been having some issues with SoundCloud or you prefer me to move to another platform on top of SoundCloud and your request has been heard by next week or the week after, and I will continue to keep you posted on all my social medias. I'll let you know. I have 
looked into Apple Podcasts, and it will be up on Apple Podcasts either next week or the week after that. So either episode 9 or episode 10, Yapping Yankees will begin to be uploaded both on my SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. So it'll be on both platforms. For you Apple people, I know that so many of you like to listen on your Apple Watch or or your iPhone or just if you're having trouble with SoundCloud, you want to be able to go somewhere else to listen to it. It will be on Apple Podcasts either next week or the week after. I just have to officially get it set up, but I, I already have it mostly ready to go. So just, so just be patient, bear with me, and I will keep you posted on that, you Apple Podcast people. So, again, thank you tons once again for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, August 18th, when I come at you with Episode 9 of Yapping Yankees. And don't forget to keep watching Yankees baseball as always. Next man up, baby. Take care, guys.